Welcome to Psalms Cast. This is Denise. Today is the 26th day of March. It is the last Friday of this month. It's so hard to believe. Hello, everyone. It's great to be here today and to come into the presence of the Lord for a time of refreshing and for rest. Life sure is hectic and often drama-filled, yet we who have been adopted into God's family through the saving grace of Jesus have a special haven of rest here under the shadow of His wings. It is so wonderful to know that the Lord is stronger than anything that man can throw at God's beloved, and by His might that all enemies will be defeated. Thank you, Lord. Today we are journeying through Psalm 26, Psalm 56, Psalm 86, Psalm 116, and Psalm 146. At the end of today's podcast, for those who desire to go deeper into God's Word, yesterday in chapter 12 of Exodus, we learned about the 10th plague, which was meted out against the Egyptians. And Pharaoh says, go, get gone. God wins and the Israelites, along with some of the natives, head out of Egypt. We're in Exodus chapter 13 today. Let's take just a brief moment to ask the Lord to be our focus for this time. Father, thank you for gathering us here together for this special time in your word. We so desire to draw near to you, to experience your mercy and grace in the midst of life here today in 2021. We ask that you would generously pour into us your truth. We are thirsty and we are hungry for more of you, Lord. We are desperate for hope. Open our minds and open our hearts to you. Allow our lives to be transformed into the people that you desire us to be. Lead, guide, and illuminate as we journey today. Psalm 26. Clear my name, God. I've kept an honest shop. I've thrown in my lot with you, God, and I'm not budging. Examine me, God, from head to foot. Order your battery of tests. Make sure I'm fit inside and out. So I never lose sight of your love, but keep in step with you, never missing a beat. I don't hang out with tricksters. I don't pal around with thugs. I hate that pack of gangsters. I don't deal with double dealers. I scrub my hands with purest soap, then join hands with the others in the great circle, dancing around your altar, God, singing God songs at the top of my lungs, telling God stories. God, I love living with you. Your house glows with your glory. When it's time for spring cleaning, don't sweep me out with the quacks and crooks, men with bags of dirty tricks, women with purses stuffed with bribe money. You know I've been above board with you. Now be above board with me. I'm on the level with you, God. I bless you every chance I get. Psalm 56. Take my side, God. I'm getting kicked around, stomped on every day. Not a day goes by, but someone beats me up. They make it their duty to beat me up. When I get really afraid, I come to you and trust. I'm proud to praise God. Fearless now, I trust in God. What can mere mortals do? They don't let up. 
They smear my reputation and huddle to plot my collapse. They gang up, sneak together through the alleys to take me by surprise, wait their chance to get me. Pay them back in evil. Get angry, God. Down with these people. You've kept track of my every toss and turn through the sleepless nights. Each tear entered in your ledger, each ache written in your book. If my enemies run away, turn tail when I yell at them, then I'll know that God is on my side. I'm proud to praise God, proud to praise God. Fearless now, I trust in God. What can mere mortals do to me? God, you did everything you promised, and I'm thanking you with all my heart. You pulled me from the brink of death, my feet from the cliff edge of doom. Now I stroll at leisure with God in the sunlit fields of life. Psalm 86 Bend an ear, God. Answer me. I'm one miserable wretch. Keep me safe. Haven't I lived a good life? Help your servant. I'm depending on you. You're my God. Have mercy on me. I count on you from morning to night. Give your servant a happy life. I put myself in your hands. Your well-known is good and forgiving. Big-hearted to all who ask for help. Pay attention, God, to my prayer. Bend down and listen to my cry for help. Every time I'm in trouble, I call on you, confident that you'll answer. There's no one quite like you among the gods, O Lord, and nothing to compare with your works. All the nations you made are on their way, ready to give honor to you, O Lord, ready to put your beauty on display, parading your greatness and the great things you do. God, you're the one. There's no one but you. Train me, God, to walk straight. Then I'll follow your true path. Put me together, one heart and mind. Then undivided, I'll worship with joyful fear. From the bottom of my heart, I thank you, dear Lord. I've never kept secret what you're up to. You've always been great toward me. What love. You snatched me from the brink of disaster. God, these bullies have reared their heads. A gang of thugs is after me, and they don't know a thing about you. But you, O oh God, are both tender and kind, not easily angered, immense in love, and you never, never quit. So look me in the eye and show kindness. Give your servant the strength to go on. Save your dear, dear child. Make a show of how much you love me so the bullies who hate me will stand there slack-jawed as you, God, gently and powerfully put me back on my feet. Psalm 116 I love God because He listened to me, listened as I begged for mercy. He listened so intently as I laid out my case before Him. Death stared me in the face. Hell was hard on my heels. Up against it, I didn't know which way to turn. Then I called out to God for help. Please, God, I cried out. Save my life. God is gracious. It is He who makes things right. 
our most compassionate God. God takes the sides of the helpless. When I was at the end of my rope, He saved me. I said to myself, Relax and rest. God has showered you with blessings. Soul, you have been rescued from death. I, you have been rescued from tears. And you, foot, were kept from stumbling. I'm striving in the presence of God, alive in the land of the living. I stayed faithful, though overwhelmed, and despite a ton of bad luck, despite giving up on the human race, saying they're all liars and cheats. What can I give back to God for the blessings He's poured out on me? I lift high the cup of salvation, a toast to God. I'll pray in the name of God. I'll complete what I promised God I'd do, and I'll do it together with His people. When they arrive at the gates of death, God welcomes those who love Him. O God, here I am, Your servant, Your faithful servant. Set me free for Your service. I'm ready to offer the thanksgiving sacrifice and pray in the name of God. I'll complete what I promised God I'd do, and I'll do it in the company with His people, in the place of worship, in God's house, in Jerusalem, God's city. Hallelujah. And our final psalm for today is Psalm 146. Hallelujah. Oh, my soul, praise God. All my life long, I'll praise God, singing songs to my God as long as I live. Don't put your life in the hands of experts who know nothing of life, of salvation life. Mere humans don't have what it takes. When they die, their projects die with them. Instead, get help from the God of Jacob. Put your hope in God and no real blessing. God made sky and soil, sea and all the fish in it. He always does what he says. He defends the wronged. He feeds the hungry. God frees prisoners. He gives sight to the blind. He lifts up the fallen. God loves good people, protects strangers, takes the side of orphans and widows, but makes short work of the wicked. God's in charge, always. Zion's God is God for good. Hallelujah. Wow, this year is all mixed up for me. Having a concussion put everything in a holding pattern where days just blend it together nonsensically. Often, I would have to refer to a calendar over and over again to remember which day I was in. It was very annoying. With the help of amazing therapies and doing a lot of hard work, each day is a little better than the day before it. In prior years, I would spend the weeks and sometimes even a month or more planning for the spring feasts that are laid out here in God's Word. But this year, my brain cannot seem to grasp the timeline. It is happening this weekend, and depending on where you look, it may be on a slightly different day, which really challenges my brain. Here is the deal, though. For me personally, spending time with the Lord during these days of the spring feasts are important, but I'm not being graded on my performance. This is a time to marvel at God's 
incredible acts of love, power, and strength for his beloved children, he was fulfilling the promises that he had made generations ago to first Abraham, and then he confirmed those promises in Isaac, and he set them in place through Jacob and his 12 sons. That was whom the Israelites descended from. Seventy went into Egypt during the famine at the invitation of Pharaoh offered when their brother Joseph was the head of all Egypt. And now they were leaving with over 600,000 men plus all their descendants. Yeah, we're working through this memory, this promise, this truth of God's word in the going deeper part of the podcast. It's super amazing how awesome our God is. And the purpose for this time of remembrance for me is simply this. If God did that for his children back then, will he not do the same in my life? And because the Lord has been with me every single step of the journey here in 2021, he knows what I am able to handle this year. So I rejoice in sharing God's greatness with all who come to gather here in his presence. And now moving on to another amazing post I received in my email yesterday, because it seems like something that I should share here today. This is from Ann Voskamp, who the Lord has given an amazing gift to inspire his children. I will also share this on the social media pages as well. Enjoy. Ann Voskamp. Early in the morning, first thing, there's this turning on of a lamp and this sacred encounter with God. Today, let's peer into the heart of God. You fall in love by peering into the eyes of someone. When you look into God's Word, you're looking God in the eye. Peer into the Word like you are looking long into the eyes of God, like you are longing for God. Read His Word with intentionality instead of randomly. Begin to read through the Gospels, work your way through the Epistles, or read one book of Scripture five times through, highlighting themes, repeating words, phrases that connect your heart to His. Trace His face by tracing lines, underlining lines. Study His face, His heart, Memorize his eyes. Open a commentary if you choose. Grasp God. Simply spend time reading and rereading and rereading the passage from the Living Spirit book like you are reading the eyes of God, listening for God to speak. Peer into the heart of God because God gives us time. How can we not give him back some time? Anytime. Sleepless nights with young children, seasons of being stretched, leave a Bible open always by the coffee maker. Every time you brew a cup, quaff back the realest draft of living water. With each literal cup you stir, steep in his word. Make the soundtrack of his heart the soundtrack of your life. Listen to his word with apps while you get ready for the day, every day, every time you get in the car, every time you work out, 
tying the word in audio to something in your routine to tie your heart to his. Father, we thank you for welcoming us into this time of refreshment here in your word as we take a step forward into another day. We often find ourselves in tough situations, backed into corners, and it is so amazing that you hear us when we call. You see every situation, you know our every circumstance, and you are providing and equipping us for how you desire us to stand unafraid and to speak truth that you and you alone are our God. It is you who fight the battles, and we delight to shout and to sing your praises. We are looking to you for how we are to live into this day and into this point in history where you have placed us for a purpose. Mere humans don't have what it takes to save our souls. When they die, their promises die with them and vanish like smoke. God, in your great and faithful love, answer us with your certain salvation. Save us. There is no hope but you, and we put all our hope in you. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Now for those who desire to go deeper into God's Word, at the very end of the podcast today, Pharaoh has told Moses and Aaron, go, get out. So they are on their way. Today we are in Exodus chapter 13. As we wrap up today, remember, if you have questions, if you want to make comments, if you need somebody to pray for you or to pray for somebody you know, or you desire to receive a Bible of your own, if you're in the United States, the number to dial is 470-240-1509. If you're a listener who is outside the United States, I encourage you to use WhatsApp to connect. That number is 1-470-240-1509. You can also use social media to connect or comment through Facebook, Twitter, and MeWe. That's it for today. I am Denise. I love you. I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Going deeper into the Word of God begins in five seconds. Going deeper into the Word of God, Exodus chapter 13. Yesterday was a big deal chapter. God showed without a shadow of a doubt that he and he alone held the power of life and death in his hands. Pharaoh, who was considered the top god by the Egyptians, suffered the exact same fate in the death of his firstborn son as did the lowest prisoner in his dungeon, or for that matter, than animals in the field. A humbled Pharaoh says to Moses and Aaron when he summoned them, Get out of here and be done with you, you and your Israelites. Go worship God on your own terms. And yes, take your sheep and cattle as you insist it, but go and bless me. Did you notice those last three words? And bless me. Hmm. Perhaps Pharaoh now fears the Hebrew God as supreme. 
With Pharaoh's okay, the more than 600,000 men and their dependents head out of Egypt along with all their belongings and their animals. The next couple of verses go into a very detailed instruction about Passover again. Friends, many Christ followers think of Passover as a Jewish celebration. That is the way that I was raised and our family celebrated Easter along with what everyone else around us did just because we did. God had me spend some time in the first five books of the Old Testament over a several-year period. I began to inquire to the Lord questions about what I was reading, and one of the questions I asked was, Am I supposed to be doing this, Lord? Do you want me to share in the different feast times as you have laid out here in Exodus? And what is that going to look like for me? This is a very personal thing, and while I'll point out that God's truth says the festivals to God down through the generation, each one of us must be a good steward of what God has put in front of us by doing their own research here in what God's Word says about what Jesus did and learning why our society chooses to celebrate in certain ways and where those traditions stem from then ask their own questions to the Lord. This requires that each person search their own heart and their own motives and then act accordingly. For me, I know that someday I'll have to give an accounting to the Lord whether I was obedient to that which He had revealed to me. That said, being different and choosing to participate in a different set of dance steps often leads to others being really upset or unhappy with how you live. Words and accusations of being legalistic and dogmatic can sting. But do what God tells you to do. So as I read this next chapter, just allow God's Word to wash over you and through you and trust the Holy Spirit to show you what He wants for your life today. Remember, the purpose of this section is for you to learn from the Holy Spirit how to apply God's truth in your life. Exodus chapter 13. God spoke to Moses, saying, Set apart every firstborn to me, the first one to come from the womb among the Israelites, whether person or animal is mine. Moses said to the people, Always remember this day. This is the day when you came out of Egypt from a house of slavery. God brought you out of here with a powerful hand. Don't eat any raised bread. You are leaving in the spring month of Abib. When God brings you into the land of the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite, which he promised to your fathers to give you, a land lavish with milk and honey, You are to observe this service during this month. You are to eat unraised bread for seven days. On the seventh day, there is a festival celebration to God. Only unraised bread is to be eaten for seven days. There is not to be a trace of anything fermented, no yeast anywhere. Tell your child on that day, This is because of what God did for me when I came out of Egypt. The day of observance will be like a sign on your hand, a memorial between your eyes, and the teaching of God in your mouth. 
It was with a powerful hand that God brought you out of Egypt. Follow these instructions at a set time, year after year after year. When God brings you into the land of the Canaanites as He promised you and your fathers, and it turns over to you, you are to set aside the first birth out of every womb to God. Every first birth from your livestock belongs to God. You can redeem every first birth of a donkey if you want by substituting a lamb. If you decide not to redeem it, you must break its neck. Redeem every firstborn child among your sons. When the time comes and your son asks you, What does this mean? You tell him, God brought us out of Egypt, out of a house of slavery with a powerful hand. When Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, God killed every firstborn in Egypt, the firstborn of both humans and animals. That's why I make a sacrifice for every first male birth from the womb to God and redeem every firstborn son. The observance functions as a sign on your hands or a symbol in the middle of your forehead. God brought us out of Egypt with a powerful hand. It so happened that after Pharaoh released the people, God didn't lead them by the road through the land of the Philistines, which was the shortest route. For God thought, if the people encounter war, they'll change their mind and go back to Egypt. So God led the people on the wilderness road, looping around to the Red Sea. The Israelites left Egypt in military formation. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for Joseph had made the Israelites solemnly swear to do it, saying, God will surely hold you accountable, so make sure you bring my bones from here with you. They moved on from Sakoth and then camped at Etham at the edge of the wilderness. God went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud during the day to guide them on the way, and at night in a pillar of fire to give them light. Thus they could travel both day and night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night never left the people. So the first part of this chapter sounds almost like it's a continuation of the previous chapter. It actually ties with the Passover and what is known today as the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Here in the message translation of the Bible, it is called unraised bread. In order for bread to rise into the stuff that we use for toast and sandwiches, it needs to sit still in a warm environment for a period of time. God told the Israelites that when he called them out of Egypt, they had to instantly obey him, not wait until the bread was raised in order to cook it. So when the call came, the women put it in sacks and took it with them. The movement of walking would have caused the bread not to rise, and back in that day, they didn't have cool stuff like we have in our kitchen today, yeast, baking powder, and baking soda. So as part of the spring festival that the Lord was telling His beloved children to do each spring in remembrance of His mighty love and acts to free them from bondage, for seven days there was to be no leaven or raised bread in the house. Next, in the verses 11 through 16, it talks about setting apart the first birth out of the womb to God, firstborn of animals and humans. 
Okay, this sounds a bit weird to us today, but this observance was to be a sign to remember that it was God who brought them and us out of Egypt by His powerful hand. Remember, God took the lives of the firstborn of the Egyptians, both man and beast. God always has a purpose and a plan for whatever He asks us to do here in His Word. And looking into this, you know it's hard to say exactly what setting a child apart to the Lord meant, but it probably meant releasing the child to fulfill whatever God's plans for that individual might be. Therefore, that would be a sign of trust in and obedience to a good God. This release of the child to the Lord was usually symbolized by a ritual of redemption in which the newborn was exchanged for an offering brought by the parents. And we can see a couple of examples of this in God's Word, specifically in the case of Samuel, John the Baptist, and Jesus. Now, the journey has begun, and we're talking about the Israelites, which was probably about 2 million people, 600,000 men, plus all of their dependents, as well as all of their animals. That would take up a lot of real estate. And our text here says that God didn't lead them along the easy way or the shortest route out of Egypt, which would have taken them through the Philistine territory. And why? Because he, God knew his people, and he knew that if they encountered warlike conditions, they were going to turn back to Egypt. And one thing that I did learn while I was researching this chapter was that the Israelites left Egypt in military formation. Remember that God led the way using a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. The people at the back of the millions of people did not have to worry about getting lost because they could see that pillar in the day and in the night and they could walk toward that direction. Again, There were no walkie-talkies, no GPS, no cell phones to communicate, and pretty much all of them had never stepped foot out of this small area that they lived in in Egypt. What I've learned was this. Back in ancient times, when armies moved out, the way they communicated which direction to move in was those at the front would carry a blazer of burning coals to carry in the front of the march. At night, the flames provided a fire that could be seen for miles, and during the day, water was poured on the coals, producing an easily recognized cloud of smoke and steam. When marching through unfamiliar territory, the rear guard troops had only to march toward the cloud to stay on course. But here we see God doing the supernatural, and He creates a pillar of cloud for the daytime. And I'm thinking that that probably looked like a water spout or a funnel cloud. And at night, it was a pillar of fire. This is incredibly cool, in my opinion, because if I were at the back, I would know which way to move and I would feel confident that I was headed in the right direction. So how does God lead people today? The most direct way is through the Bible, His written revelation to humanity And in my opinion, the vast majority of what we need to know about God's will is revealed in His Word. And honestly, if we keep aiming toward that, we will probably end up in the right spot as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus and search diligently to draw near to Him on a continual basis 
He will be faithful, and He will be found by us.